Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Good morning. I wanted to start the service today. You see the title of the message, Having God's Compassion for the Lost and Unchurched. Having God's Compassion for the Lost and Unchurched. We've been teaching a series. It's called Be Connected to the World. We've been specifically... 2013, teaching on possessing your possessions, which is part of that series. I was asked after last week's message that was called Walking in Power and Authority, how did really being a sheep, because we had a message on that, uh, I don't know when it was uh, last year, How did being a sheep and walking in power and authority go together? Because when you think of a sheep, you think of uh, not having power and authority. How did it go together? And I share with them that really we're talking about God's authority, God's power, and we're talking about having power and authority not over each other, but over the darkness of this world. And we have to have power and authority over the darkness of this world. So we, we don't want to confuse trying to have uh, being a sheep because after all, Jesus Christ was the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the, before the foundation of the world. But he also, he's the lion, lion of the tribe of Judah, is he not? So, we can be both, but you have to know when to be both and with whom you're being both with. So let's start the message off with just that, what we're talking about. Let's turn to Colossians. And we want to go into chapter 1, and we've been there before, but not in these verses that we're going over today because we want to go to verse 12. 13 and 14. It says, For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and translated us or transferred us to the kingdom of his dear son. King James might read that he delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. And That is important. It said, in whom we have redemption for the forgiveness of sins. It's very important that we know that we were rescued. We were delivered. And that delivered, in Greek, is basically telling us that we were drawn out. And it has a, a meaning of like force. It's like with violence. It means that darkness is trying to hold on to us. But by his grace, by what he has done, 
He drew us. He took us. Satan, darkness could not hold on. Sin could not hold on to us because of what he did. We've been translated. We've been transferred. We've been moved from one place to another place. That's that word uh, in Greek, transferred or uh, translated, means that we've been moved from one place to another in the spirit realm. We are no longer in darkness. We are in light. And that's what it says in verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. So I, I thank God for that. And I'm sure you do too. What are we going to do with that? Now that God has transferred us, he has translated us, what are we going to do with that in light of a world that Jesus Christ, he died for the sins of the world. He says that he's not, he's not willing for anybody to perish, but all, for all to come into knowledge of truth. And so what we have to do is be his feet, be his mouthpiece. We have to go. We have to do. We have to have compassion. Because if you don't have his compassion, you won't go. You won't do. And that's important. That's important. Because we are in a good position. We have eternal life. We're in a good position. But so many others don't. What are we going to do about it? What has, what has God called us to do? Let's turn to Matthew chapter 9. Let's look at verse 35. It says that Jesus was going through all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness, seeing the people, he felt compassion. He felt an inward, an inner, uh, deep inner longing, pity for mercy on the people who really were suffering. They were suffering. They're in misery. Like, just like we were. In misery. And he says that he had compassion because they were distressed, dispirited, like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, the harvest, men and women call, my God, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord or petition the Lord of the harvest to send forth workers into his harvest, into the harvest. Petition him, petition him to send forth laborers into his harvest. Pray, 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 pray. Is he serious about the harvest? Is the harvest of, you know, just a, in Lynchburg and surrounding areas, Amherst, Bedford County, uh, Amherst County, Campbell County, Nelson County, it's only about 10 or 15 left that need to be saved. Everybody else is saved. 
What do you think? The harvest is plentiful. Plentiful. If it, if it were plentiful then, it's plentiful now. What are we going to do about it? As the church, the church, the called out assembly, what are we going to do about it? It's very important, isn't it? Let's look in Psalm chapter 2, verse 7 and 8. I will surely tell the decree of the Lord. He said to me, you are my son. Today I have forgotten you. He's talking about Jesus. Ask me. He's still, father's still talking. He's talking to Jesus. Ask me and I will surely give the nations for your inheritance. And the very ends of the earth as your possession. And in the King James, uh, in a King, the King James Bible, some of those words are in italicis, meaning that some of those words really are not in the Hebrew text. So it's telling us that ask him and he will give the nations, your inheritance, and the ends of the earth, your possession. It's like, you already possess it. It's yours. Just ask me. Just ask me. Just ask me. Just ask me. Now, we know from the first message that I did in 2013, January, first Sunday in January, I said that we need to possess our possessions. We said that all things are ours. We know from that message that we are joint heirs, or fellow heirs with Christ Jesus. Don't. If Jesus has as an inheritance the nations, the nations, and the King James said the heathen, but it's the, the nations, the unsaved, if he has those, what do you have? What do we have? Yeah. If we're in him, we're his body, he's the head, then we have also as a joint inheritance the nations. The nations. So he told us to do something with that. Petition him. Petition him. He'll give them to you. What portion belongs to you? What portion belongs to me? We need to go out and we need to bring in some water, some plant. God gives an increase. We need to go out and bring in the harvest. We need to bring it in. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 11. Verse 30. Let's go there. And we see another thing. We're just, we're just hammering in one point today. There's one point. We need to have the compassion. 
of Jesus for the lost and unchurched. If you don't have compassion, you're not going to do anything. What happens to a harvest? Uh, if anybody have, if anyone has gotten, if you have, you have a harvest, and you have a, a fence around it, so the squirrels and the deer and the groundhogs and all the animals can't eat it up. What happens if you don't go out and, and, and do anything with it? Don't pick it up. Yeah. It's going to just spoil it. Right. I don't care what it's tomatoes, caps. I don't care what it is. It does no one any good, does it? We have to bring in the harvest. The harvest is there. It's plentiful. Proverbs 11.30. It says, The fruit of the righteousness is a tree of life, and he who is wise wins souls. Wins souls. Now, when we say wins souls, some theologians will say that that this would mean uh, to actually, like one theologian, he'll tell you, it, it means bringing, drawing, attracting others to yourself, and then imparting wisdom to them. And some other theologians will tell you that, well, this verse really means that you're going out and winning the laws. I don't care which one you believe, it really doesn't matter because they're both correct. We want to draw others. As you turn to Matthew 28, we want to be there for next. God assigns certain people to you. I believe that. In that some people are going to be attracted to you. Some people are. Some people just, I mean, they, they just are drawn to you for whatever reason. Some people are drawn to somebody else and not drawn to you. God wants us to be there to be able to do something with that, Matthew 28, 19. He wants us to do something with that person. We, he wants us to be able to influence that person for him. That's what he wants us to do. And the, uh, that means to impart wisdom to them. That means to disciple them. That's what it means. But also, he wants us to win people to him also. To tell them the good news of the gospel, of the kingdom. That's what the gospel of the kingdom is, is good news. Now, we're looking at verse 19. He said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. The nations are ours. Go make disciples. That means that influence them. Give them wisdom. Because it says, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Then it says in verse 20, teaching them. So you need to teach also to observe all things that I have commanded you. So God expects us to not only just to uh, share the gospel with them, he expects for us to teach them, to disciple them. It's no good just say, we, well, we won five people to the Lord when we were out. Well, what did you do with them? Well, nothing. Yeah. My goodness, that's not good. We want to do both. 
Let's go to Luke chapter 10. In Luke chapter 10, it's an interesting situation here because we have sometimes religious folks. I want to go to verse 25. And a lawyer stood up and put him to the test saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in your law? How does it read to you? And he said, well, you know, you should love your Lord, your God, with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. He said to him, you answer correctly. Do this, and you will live. But wishing to justify himself, he said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied and said, a man was going down, so he's, he's going to give him the answer. But he's going to teach him something. A man was going down to Jerusalem, from Jerusalem to Jericho, and fell upon robbers. And they stripped him and beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. And by chance, a priest was going down on the road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. I wonder how many people do we pass by? We're saved now. We're church folks pass by and pay no attention to their condition. Now, you say, well, if I saw somebody that is about half dead, you know, they bleed, I would do something. Well, you can be sure, you can be really sure there are, there are, there are many, many people that are spiritually half dead. Matter of fact, they're dead. Really? Really? They're dead. They don't know it. They can be smiling, but they're dead. Just like we were spiritually dead. What are we going to do? We see them all the time. All the time we see them. Restaurants, we see them. A lot of times we're not concerned because we're hungry. But he wants us to do something about it. Likewise, a Levite also, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. The pastor passed by on the other side. My goodness gracious, man, why he passed by on the other side? It doesn't matter what your religious position is, we shouldn't be passing by on the other side, should we? But a Samaritan, and that, that, that is, you don't get much worse in the Jews' eyes than a Samaritan, who was on a journey, came upon him, and when he saw him, he felt compassion. Wow, do we feel compassion? My goodness gracious. He felt compassion and came to him and bandaged up his wound, poured oil and wine on them, and he put him on his beast and brought him to the inn and took care of him. On the next day, he took out two denarii and he gave them to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I return. Wow. Which of these do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell upon robbers? God expects us to 
use time, our material possessions or our whatever, because they had a beast. We have automobiles and things like that, uh, and our money to help those who are in need. We need to have compassion, don't we? And that means that, oh, it might take some money to win the loss, huh? It might take some uh, possessions. It might take some time to go different places where the loss may be to try to win some loss. Some unchurched people. You know, a lot of unchurched people are lost. Really. Really. I was unchurched and I was lost. Even though I thought I was saved. I was lost. Let's end on John. The Gospel of John. Let's turn there. Uh, chapter 4. Let's go to verse um, 30. Uh, 28. About 28. Now, this is another case where you probably know the account of the woman who was at the well. It was a Samaritan woman, so you know that uh, it was not, nobody was supposed to talk to her if it was a Jew. But Jesus did. And his disciple had gone into uh, town to get some food or whatever, and he was there, and the woman came to the well, and he asked her for a drink and whatnot. Um, and he gave her information that the only way he knew was a word of knowledge from his father. And so he told us some things about herself. So let's uh, pick it up on 28. So the woman, what he, what he told her, uh, where he asked her, where's your husband? She said, well, I don't have one. He said, oh, yeah, you don't. He's, he's not your husband. Of course, he's not your husband. Um, you had so many, and this one you with is not your husband either. She said, oh, my goodness gracious, man, you're the prophet. So anyway, um, word, of, word, of, word of knowledge. So the woman left her water pot and went into the city and said to the men, come see who told me all the things I have done. This is, is this not the Christ, is it? Now, that's why I told you last week, be open to the Holy Spirit, because how are you going to win the laws? And you say, I don't want to. It's no such thing as, a, as a, a word of knowledge, which is a manifestation of the, of the Spirit of God. Um, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, all those things. Uh, I'm not open to that. I'm not open to that. Well, Jesus is open to it, right? He's open to it. We're supposed to walk as he walked. So she goes and tells people. Verse 30. They went out of the city and were coming to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. And he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. Try that sometime in the restaurant when you, when you go, <laughs> go to eat. And, and you're talking to the, to the waiter and somebody, why don't you eat your food? He said, I have meat to eat that you don't know of. You know, be very spiritual and say, you know, but you'd be, I mean, it'd be true. I mean, if, you, if you're concentrating on, on uh, sharing the gospel, whatever the situation may be, uh, you can eat any time, can't you? And by the fact, we can miss a couple of meals, can't we? Yeah, we can miss a couple of meals. 
So the disciples were saying, verse 33, to one another, no one brought him anything to eat, did they? And he said to him, they, and Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. If, if the Father sent him, who sent you? Jesus. John. 17. Just as Jesus was sent, he sent us also. Okay? To do his will. We're supposed to be saying the same thing. Do not say there are yet four months. And then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields. They are white for harvest. Already, he who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life, so that he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this case, the saying is true. One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Saints, the harvest is there. And God is asking us to go out into his harvest. And we have to pray now. We have to pray. That's important. Now, I would like for you all to, to join me. I, I'm not calling a congregational fast or anything like that. Uh, but I, I, want, I, I would like for you all to join me in doing that, though. Because I think that the best time, well, let's, let's put it this way. All over probably the United States, the one time that people will go to church when they might not go the whole year is what day? Easter. Easter. Isn't that great? It's great that they will go. Now, since Easter is coming, this is the first Sunday, the fifth Sunday, it'll be Easter. I wonder who is God putting across your path between now and then? He said, pray or petition the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers into his harvest. Who was he talking to? The disciples. Who are we? The disciples of Christ, right? So, who do you think he's sending? Do you think he's sending us? Well, what are we going to do about it? Are we going to have compassion enough to say, this is a great time. The harvest is plentiful and it's going to be a day coming up. I can petition God. I can put in some of the practice all those things that have been taught. I can go to God and I know his will. His will is that we, that, that all be saved come to knowledge of the truth, right? Come on, is that right? I know that if I pray, if I ask anything according to his will, he hears me. That's what the word of God says. And if I know he hears me, I know I had a petition of those things I asked. So why not ask? I know in, 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 in oh, Matthew 7, 7 through 11, I know it says ask and keep asking, seek and keep seeking, knock and keep knocking. And if you keep asking, it's going to be You'll receive. If you keep seeking, you'll find. If you keep knocking, the door is going to be open. He said if you even know how to give, give, give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good things to those who 
Yes. So we got a lot of scriptures that know that the harvest is there. All of the workers are here. The harvest is, is, is white, the harvest, isn't it? All we have to do is go get it. Right? Are we going to do it? Because Easter's coming. Somebody's going to go to church somewhere. Right? And some of them, all they need is a little, just a little bit of encouragement from you. Because after all, God does put people across your path. People are waiting for just you to say something to them. Your neighbor. Your teacher. Come on. The one who you refinance your loan with. If you refinance your loan, since the you know, interest rate was way down. Right? Wasn't it? It was way down, wasn't it? Like 2.87, something like that, right? If you had a five-point interest, refinance, yeah. Not extend your loan, but just get a lower. That's a good story. But anyway, uh, <laughs> that person, that person, I asked, I asked the lady, I said, hey, if I invite you to church, would you come? Yeah, we'll come. So okay. Okay. Another one already in church, but this one I was talking to is not in a church. She doesn't go to church, but she says she'll come. Guess who was going to ask them when? For Easter, would you come? Yeah. I wonder if we can have everybody, if everybody can invite somebody. I guarantee you if you invite 10 people, I bet you half of them come for Easter. Yeah. Try it. Don't go invite somebody that's from another church. You know they're in church. Come on. Don't do that. That's not the harvest. <laughs> they're the ones that's supposed to be going out into the harvest, right? <laughs> invite someone who's unchurched or not yet saved. Okay? And God will. I, I, I know he's going to answer you. I know it. I know it, because the Word of God says so. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.